Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. I left Google and it was very exciting because for the first time in my life, it was all up to me. I could literally say whatever's going to happen is going to be my fault. No class to go to, no requirements to meet, no boss to kind of try to make happy. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in, and welcome to our tribe. Hey, welcome back, Solar Warriors, and happy April. Gosh, can you believe it? We're already into the second quarter of 2020. And in these crazy times of high stress with the stock market and global economies retrenching, you know, I think there are two types of entrepreneurs. Those who will wait and see, standing on the sidelines, storing up cash, laying off staff, and hunkering down to weather the storm. And then there will be those who will take massive action position themselves, build capabilities, and propel into a new level of operational excellence and customer service when we do eventually pull out of this economic tailspin. Which are you? For the month of April, I'm going to be bringing you a mix of inspiring entrepreneurs from within our clean tech and clean energy sectors, as well as subject matter experts from digital marketing, e-commerce, and beyond to help you contextualize and actualize your plans for the coming 12 plus weeks of uncertainty. So to kick things off, I've asked my friend Pamela Wagner to join us and help guide us through a discussion about the often mystical world of paid advertising, in particular, Google ads. Pamela cut her teeth working on the Google ads team before branching out on her own to form Ajala Digital, a creative agency based in Europe that helps companies around the world with their digital marketing strategy and implementation. Pamela has been honored as a Forbes 30 under 30, and she's one of my go-to experts when it comes to digital marketing and remote work strategies. I know that you're going to get a ton out of this episode, so please do make sure you grab a pen and paper, have somewhere to take down notes. If you love this episode, then you should check out the nearly 250 additional founder stories and startup advice over at mysuncast.com. You'll notice while you're there, we have some exciting live events happening as well. For those of you who have not been following me lately on LinkedIn, we're now going live every Wednesday on LinkedIn Live, bringing Suncast guests back into the studio to cover how they are thriving in this current business environment. In fact, this coming Wednesday, April 7th, we'll be hosting today's guest, Pamela Wagner, and we'll be touching on many of the topics that we don't have time to get into here. So I hope that you'll carve out 11 a.m. Pacific on Wednesday, April 7th. You can register for that on our homepage, or you can follow me on LinkedIn to get notified when we go live. And hey, stick around after today's interview or head over to the website where you can check out and hear more about some exciting Suncast Live opportunities that we will be bringing to you on Earth Day. That's right. But for now, get ready to tune up your skills, Solar Warrior, as we tune in to another powerful conversation here on Suncast. 
All right, Solar Warriors, today we're going to dive into a topic I know many of you are eager to learn more about. That is paid ads and driving your marketing ROI by better understanding how how all these interwebs are connected and how you are you're trying to reach out through digital marketing, digital content. We have a rare treat. Joining us today is a new friend, thanks to an old friend, James Ellsmore, who connected me with another Forbes 30 Under 30. Pamela Wagner heads Ajala Digital, a global marketing agency focused on Google and Facebook advertising. She's an ex-Googler who focuses on paid ads specifically, and today is going to help guide us through the myriad of questions that appear to me and probably appear to you about how all of this works. She has been to 80 plus countries and uh, importantly and uh, jealously on my, my side runs a company that's completely location independent. Joining us from Austria, Pamela Wagner. Hi, Nico. It's a pleasure to be on. I'm super excited. Yeah, likewise. I've been looking forward to this because I feel there's in the clean tech and solar space, there's a lot of folks coming into the market who are you know internet marketers selling their wares. And frankly, the solar business is at the heart, it's a power and infrastructure business. And a lot of folks come from, you know, conservative sort of tried and true, maybe even last century thought models around marketing. But there are a lot of folks who really get marketing. I find that one of the biggest questions I get internally um, for folks reaching out to me is, hey, help me with this or that marketing tactic. I mean, simple things like LinkedIn and paid ads. I thought it'd be great to bring on someone who's a specialist you know, you used to work for Google, which I mentioned before. And so I'd like to jump into the conversation in the outset and really understand what was the catalyst for you to strike out? You know, you're in your 20s, great job working at one of the biggest companies in the world. What sparked the idea to go out on your own? Everyone's like, you got everything in life. You've achieved everything. Like, what do you want, right? Like you got free food all day long. You got like a personal trainer and you don't pay anything for those things additionally. You know, the access to the knowledge we have or had in Google was amazing. Like, it's incredible. And at the same time, the access to people. Like, many of the people back then are now either friends, business partners, clients, mentors. Like, we kept in touch. It was amazing. I think one of the biggest things for me was that I was based in Ireland. And Ireland is a nice country. Usually, if you, for a foreigner, if you go down on holiday, everybody who goes on holiday to Ireland is like, my gosh, it's so beautiful. But I figured like just coming from a year of living in Dubai and being in the summer in China, right? It's like hot weather. And I realized I need warm weather. I realized I need warm weather and I realized the big importance it has on my soul. And also I figured out that this really being my first full-time job while not studying I really need to determine my own schedule. Like I've always been this little rebel. I always want to do things on my own. But but of course it was scary because there wasn't really a plan. So I left Google and it was very exciting because for the first time in my life, it was all up to me. I could literally say whatever's going to happen is going to be my fault. No class to go to, no requirements to meet, no boss to kind of try to make happy. Did you build up a little nest egg and savings so that you could do that until you exit? Or was it a kind of a, a weekend decision like, no, I got to go now? So I had about six months in savings. So I knew it was going to be fine for a bit. Fiscally responsible. <laughs> yeah, ish, ish. <laughs> I mean, you know, my parents, you know, they were like, oh, so, so when is your next interview, right? Like, so where are you going to go next? And um, I was like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take some time off. But I started off with 
just signing up on freelance platforms and taking on the first contracts and like really small things. Like the, the rate per hour was probably lower than what I did at Google. I want to drill down on that real quick because, you know, it's, it's easy in, in hindsight to say, oh, I started out on, on a freelancer platform. But one of the things that uh, we all know striking out on your own that it can be difficult to do is to actually decide what are the skills I offer to the world. How did you go about that process of saying, all right, here's what I'm able to contribute? It can be a whole lot of nothing. And in my case, it was a whole lot. And it was like, what am I going to focus on? And coming out of Google, I thought, there's so many people already doing marketing. Right. What difference am I going to make? It's just another big you know, fish in the big sea. But what I quickly figured with the first projects is that I understood something about ads that apparently only very few people knew or still know. So getting that feedback, and I've, I've, it was kind of my goal from the beginning to take on the first project that didn't care about the money, but to get that first feedback from people and the first reviews and then focus on that and then build it from there. And then I think it was four months after so that I'd left, I'd made more money in a month than I made at Google in a month. So I was like, oh, hold on. Like I've got it this far with no entrepreneurial experience whatsoever. I think I can figure out a way how to make it sustainable. Fantastic. And now you live, as I mentioned before, my dream life. Uh, I'd like to spend just a minute on kind of how you went from employee to entrepreneur and even Forbes 30 under 30 in such a relatively short period of time. And specifically, part of your byline says that you are kind of location independent. Why is that important for you? And how did you build your business such that that was a core focus? Like what, what are the sort of the fundamental keystones to helping you achieve that, that goal? So I think there were a few things straight from the beginning that I absolutely wanted. Like they were non-negotiable for me. And one of those things was this focus on being location dependent. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to do my work when I want, how I want, with who I want and where I want. And I think since that was so clear in my head, since that seemed to be so non-negotiable, mm -hmm. of course, then your brain focuses on what you, what you have in there. So, it, you know, it's just highlighted opportunities even more to make that possible and, and right. finding help where I needed it. What impact did the Forbes 30 have on your business or career? That was back in 2017. And um it was not something I particularly planned, but it was something I'd visualized. So it was something where I thought, okay, it would be nice to have that. So like I literally sat down and visualized my image in Forbes magazine and roughly no what they'd write about. Like almost two years. So those are like and I went to events and I made sure I, I built up a network in the community and everything. But when it happened, it was unexpected. Nominated by someone else then, I, I presume. Yeah. So literally Forbes told me, oh, by the way, we're going to take you on the list. Wow. And then I think it took another two to three months from when I knew it to like when the magazine came out and then when it actually caught on. Because I grew up in a 7,000 people village and I was like, wow. let me send that to him. It might be interesting for them to know that one of their people is on the list. That's so cool. Yeah. And then they published it. And then the regional newspaper came. And then national newspapers, national TV stations came. Wow. So it, like it fired up from there. It's kind of a similar accolade of saying, oh, I formerly worked at Google. Right. right? So it's, it's something that at this young age adds at least a little bit more credibility. When you were at Google, were you a, did you ever reach sort of a managerial role or independent individual contributor? 
No, I, I was I was not a manager. Um, I would have needed to stay there much longer. I did get to know a lot of great managers at Google, I have to say. To build a company, you have to build a team. And so I, I wonder what tools from your time at Google really helped you now as an entrepreneur or a leader? Were there mental models or management tools that you learned there? And also, as you unpack that, I'd love to hear how you began to build your team so that you have this business that can work for you. So I think the main thing that I took away from Google is that we had pretty much weekly one-on-ones with our manager. Then that in combination with also showing more interest in your personal life. So now when I have meetings with my team, it's like I know at least what's going on in their personal life. I make it a big thing that they don't work when they're sick. It's like in Google, if you're sick, stay at home. Like don't come to work. Don't bother, right? Like it's important that you get well again. And then really in our team, I think what they managed well is if you were still in the office by six, they're like, what are you doing here? Go home, have a life, right? right? Super important. So like anybody that would work with me full-time wouldn't work longer than 30 hours. Because you need to have a life, like you need to do things. And you are anyway not productive more than five, six hours a day. Like it's impossible. Right. Yeah. It's interesting how many entrepreneurs want to have for themselves this lifestyle where they work one to two hours, but they require therefore that their team work 40, 60, 80 hours, right? To support that that reality. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. And that I think that leads me also to the aspect where like very early on, I somehow understood through reading books and then following other people and everything. There's things I don't like to do. And at the same time, I don't have to do them. I can outsource them. Like the easy leverage that you have with time here. So I focused on finding an assistant. And it, it took me, I think, about almost a year until the, I found the one that I have now since three years. But she's been with her team. She's been wonderful. So the first hire in my company was an assistant. What's been the thing that for you has been the most unexpected, maybe the easiest, maybe the hardest about starting on this journey and getting your company to a point where it's self-sustaining? Since I did not grow up with anybody around me having their own company, being an entrepreneur was something extremely new for me, something that I could have not learned anywhere. This is not stuff you learn in business school. So what has been most unexpected, but also very interesting is actually confronting my own mindset because the only limits have really been in my mindset. So like, what are now the patterns that come out that have been created during my childhood, like, you know, in past years, whatever, that... I need to let go off now in order to really be able to do what I want. So discovering that, which ones those are, and then working on those is still the biggest game changer and like lever that I have. Can you give me an example of something that would fall in that category? Money mindset. Mm-hmm. Best example. Because almost everyone struggles with that unless they grew up in a millionaire household. Because I love my parents. Great people. But as soon as someone made a little bit more money than they did, they were like, oh, you need to like give everything else that you earn more than me pretty much away because why do you need so much money? What do you need the money for? And why do you want to show off your money, right? Like all these negatively associated things. And so what actually happened early on is that whatever money I would make, even though it might, like it would increase, I would always find a reason to not keep it and not, you know, not like build up my own investment and take care of my own future. Right. And I think that's, that's what a lot of people struggle with in, in different ways and different shapes and different forms. And in, in some regions, like for example, and like when I lived in Dubai, everybody talks about money, everybody knows 
what the other person makes, how much the other person makes. If I see someone in a Ferrari there, I could go up and I could say, hey, awesome, you did this. How did you do it? Can you share it with me? But if like in Austria, Germany, we'd see someone with a Ferrari, we'd be like, why does this person show off? Like, how many people have they screwed to get that money? So I think for me, being exposed to that mindset in Dubai has helped me a lot too. I mean, this for me is a very interesting tangent that I could spend an entire episode on because mindset, as we both know, is extremely important if you actually want to succeed in entrepreneurship. And uh, the fear of loss, fear of failure is probably the number one driver away from success as an entrepreneur. It's so true how your association with money uh, affects your ability to attract more of it and to earn it and keep it. <laughs> and, um, you know, to that end, one of the things that you've been able to help your clients with is to attract more money in very real ways. Uh, and, it, uh, you know, a lot of people think of this topic of paid ads is the old adage, you got to spend money to make money. And in many ways, that's true. So we'll challenge that assumption today. But you said something in the outset, I understood something about ads that apparently very few people knew. What was that? Everybody these days can access ads. Everybody can create an account on Facebook ads and Google ads, put up your own campaigns. Next minute, you can do it. But ads are not anymore for everyone. So you should really make sure that there's certain other basics set in your business before you invest in ads. So you understood the guiding principles for how and why ads would be effective and could look at a company, a company's business and make modifications in their business before they dove into ads and that was helpful for them. Yes. Also partially because a lot of people have done it and just thrown out money and become disappointed. So I would say more than 50% of the clients that we get have done ads before, have spent a considerable amount of budget, but have been disappointed. They don't know what they've, re- what they've gotten back. They don't know what works. Some even say, I don't even know what I'm paying my agency for. I'm not getting any information. And the struggle here is that people want to do it. Then they hire someone who they think knows about it. But a lot of those people that they hire don't even know much better than the person who's trying to do it. But then if it's an agency, even if you talk with an employee, they can't say they don't know it for their boss because they're scared of their job. They can't admit something in front of you that they don't know it. So there's like a lot of communication gap that's going on. It's just Google Ads has gotten so complex. It's insane. And it's difficult to know from the outside what's right and what's wrong and which button to click because there's so many. Yeah. So let's get down to kind of first principles. You know, you're a specialist in paid ads. It's one of the things for Facebook and Google that your company really adds a ton of value for your clients. Can we just start at the very fundamental principle of what exactly are paid ads? What does this mean? So many people will probably remember or know the name AdWords, which is how Google started. And the name comes from the fact that it used to be the ads that you see in Google search. So an ad made out of words. And in 2018, AdWords was changed to Google Ads because Google now wants to like really highlight, look, it's not just text ads. There are shopping ads, there's video ads on YouTube. There is app campaigns and there's display campaigns. So you have five different types of campaigns and then subtypes of targeting. Often you hear people refer to or bring up the topic of remarketing in that area. 
that's actually not a type of campaign. It's more like a targeting method of one of these campaigns because you can use all of these campaigns. So fundamentally, paid ads are where you spend money in one of these five different types of campaigns, shopping, apps, display, search, and video, to attract a prospective client to your value proposition. Yes, you just explained that better than I ever could, probably. (laughs) Well, what is important then to know about where, how, when, and why to start? Sure. So unless you have an app, the usual starting point is a a search campaign because you probably have heard of SEO, so search engine optimization, which takes care of the organic part of your results in Google. That can take sometimes a lot of time. And so if you want to make sure you start showing up on top early, if your ads are good, you create a search campaign. Right. So a search campaign drives action because if someone types in solar panel vendor in Google search, there is an action they want to take. I'm not just going to solar panel vendor if I'm actually looking for blue shoes. So it's very action oriented. On the other hand, you would be looking to increase brand awareness or expand your market somewhere you might want to do a display or um, a video campaign if you have the right material. And shopping is really for all those who have an online store where you can really purchase a product online, not for services. So, and it's for physical products only if it's an online store or all physical products? You need to have an online store for a Google shopping campaign to work, but um, you can highlight in a search campaign in case you have a physical store. Mm -hmm. And then there would be a way of showing people in a search ad in Google, hey, you can get the product in XYZ Street. Right. So what I was trying to frame up here are kind of like the early steps that you need to take. But it occurs to me, maybe the first question a customer of yours or, you know, a business owner in general or marketing manager might want to ask is, how do I know if I'm ready for paid ads? So one of the first tests we do or give people is, and you can go to Google and type in Google page speed tool. It's going to lead you to, yes, Google page speed tool. Uh That you will find a link that goes to the Google page speed insights tool. And you can simply put in your website there. You can put in any website URL. It doesn't matter. Okay. So let's try this. We're going to do this on on Suncast as an example. Yes. So I'm going to, I'm I'm Googling Google PageSpeed tool and I need to go to the make the web faster Google developers, PageSpeed insights, GT metrics. Insights. Okay. Yes. The one that says insights. Gotcha. Because GT metrics is another uh, popular one, right? Yes. So... So this one here is specifically interesting if you're working on optimization for Google ads and like SEO and so on. The PageSpeed Insights. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. So I just put in mysuncast.com and hit analyze. 58% complete. Taking some time. Okay. Um, so the first test you do is do you take folks through this process of looking at their page speed. And then like whatever comes out of it, I tell them, take this to your developer and have them fix it so that the numbers you see, you're going to see any number from like zero to a hundred for desktop and mobile. And closer to zero is the best, right? (laughs) (laughs) You can't see my Um, face right now. Yeah. I I see what you're seeing. Um, So yeah, you should be closer to a hundred. (laughs) So if I need, you know, the good, the way, the the way they frame this is only 95 more to go. Yes. Yes. (laughs) You've taken five steps. Oh my Um, God. But the cool thing with this is you get really concrete 
steps and you see what you need to improve. So you, you as like, if you're a CEO, a CMO, you don't need to know how to fix this. Just have a good developer and give them, give them that and say, Hey, please help me fix this. Yeah. Okay. Especially mobile. Uh-huh. Just as a, as a novice in this area, I would presume that, and I can tell you like looking at what is served up here is garbledygook to me. Like I look at it and I'm like, okay, I don't even, according to you, this tells me what I should do next. But that's why I would need to hire someone because I wouldn't know what to do next. That's one thing here where we want to make sure like to everybody who's listening, like this is not an additional task for you. The What you need to do here is take this to your developer and say, fix this or hire someone who can help you fix this, a developer. Your job, like you're probably doing too much to focus on this. It's not like that's not your job, except you're the developer right now listening to right. this. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, right. I mean, this is where most entrepreneurs get stuck, right? Because they're, they're the webmaster. Hey, I wonder if you, like me, are looking at this as an opportunity to really grow your personal development, your professional development capacity in your organization. If you are, then I would like to recommend you check out my friends HeatSpring. HeatSpring is on a mission to provide professionals with the knowledge and real-world skills you need to continue making a positive change in the world. The folks at HeatSpring have created an online platform to make learning and teaching convenient and intuitive. And there are courses across a wide spectrum of clean energy, from solar modeling to fundamentals of geothermal energy, and now even energy efficiency and drone courses. Many are free. You can learn from industry thought leaders like Sean White, Ryan Mayfield, Glenna Wiseman, Adam Gerza, and many more. And with over a hundred free courses, let's face it, and you've got hours of time on your hands right now, there's just never been a better time for you to go brush up on your skills, get your NABCEP certifications locked down. Take my advice. Go check out the two free NABCEP courses. Probably your best bet to dive in. They've even got a free drone course as well. Check it all out at heatspring.com forward slash suncast. And for those last two courses that I mentioned, if you do forward slash suncast dash NEC, you can check out the PB and 2020 NEC code training or suncast dash drones. That's a free course on drones for solar. Check out heatspring.com. You won't regret it. Build capacity, improve your life. All right, Warriors. So you know that high demand charges can ruin a good commercial solar cell. But what if you could offer your clients 30% in demand charge savings at a tenth? That's right, a tenth the cost of installing a battery. You can now do that with DemandX, a new demand charge reduction software from Extensible Energy. Check it out at extensibleenergy.com and read the three case studies on how demand x significantly reduced demand charges and increased roi without batteries as a suncast listener you can also get a free demand charge analysis at extensibleenergy.com forward slash suncast what do you have to lose crunch the numbers and see for yourself how extensible energy's inexpensive demand x software is a win-win for you and your commercial solar clients Fundamentally, one of the first steps is you look at their page speed. The driving question here is, how do I know if I'm ready to do paid ads? So then how does this inform whether I'm ready and what are the next steps after that? So here we usually make sure that the customer gets at least 60 to 70. If we notice that they're already doing paid ads, it could be that we're starting slowly with ads to just fix the most important things. But the next step outside of this would 
be that we see, can the customer actually communicate how they're solving the problem? Like, can you communicate, like, what is the pain point that you're solving of your own customers? Mm-hmm. And not in a way of like, we do this and we do this. No, we help customers save 50% of their energy costs in a year by helping them make the right choice on the right solar panels, for example. Make sure you really know that message. It, it's more of a problem than we think. Yeah. And for those, I, I mean, I've, uh, I know because I've talked to my friend Willie about this, um, who did sort of a clinic on looking at solar companies that are doing this well from an SEO perspective. And, and one of the best in our industry is a company called Energy Sage. So for those of you out here, really just curious, kind of, you could take a look at the, the growth story of Energy Sage and there are a number of ways to do that in terms of how they improve their rankings, which is really illustrative uh, for how to build uh, an e-commerce side of, of a business that's driving uh, value, knowledge, education, and, uh, and leads into the industry. So I guess that actually brings up another point. Is the purpose of paid ads to sell a product? Is it to raise brand awareness? How do you parse what the client's actually looking for? That would be the third point that, that we'd use as, like a, as, a, as, a, as a qualifier. Like, do you actually know what you want? Do you want to increase your brand awareness? Do you want to increase sales? And then according to that strategy or, or that goal, we form the strategy. Another point that's important here is also, does the client, like, do you know what a funnel is and how that looks like? Do you know how you acquire customers? It sounds simple, but like a lot of people still do email marketing the old way where it's like very boring to read the email and maybe too many or too, like too few times actually. So just seeing how they understand how all these pieces play together because it's never going to be for a company that you're only going to make your sales through Google Ads. No, like there's different different things that play together. And do you understand this? Yeah. I know that in our industry, a lot of folks opt to work with an agency, which can be scary. Agencies can charge unbelievable amounts of money, uh, you know, anywhere from let's call it two to $5,000 a month retainer up to I've seen you know, $100,000 a month retainers. Um, but, but the average, I think, in our industry is somewhere around uh, twelve to 15000 a month uh, retainer plus your, plus your um, ad spend, if that's a part of the, the, the conversation. The, the thing that I know folks find the hardest decision about is how do I know if I need to work with an agency and where do I start? I think first would be to look internal. Do you already have a digital marketer in your team? And if so, do you think this person has a talent and has a hunger for new knowledge? So maybe it would be better to send them to a course, to send them to a Google Ads course and invest in their own skills so that they can do it internally for you. And then maybe, you know, after like one or two months of campaigns, hire an outside consultant to push you up to the next level and tell you what else you could do. That's one option. If you don't have anybody in the team or you just don't have the capacity, when hiring an agency, at first, I... I would really look at, have they done similar projects before? Like I was a half, they worked with similar companies. Like, do they understand our challenge and our goals? And then the third point would we actually, also what nobody told me, but I just started doing it intuitively from the start, is, is the full transparency. So that means our clients spend their own ad spend from their own credit card. It does not go to us. I don't deal with that money. Um, for a lot of agencies, that's actually how they push up their revenue because they can say, oh, we've made that much revenue, but it was actually client spent. And the client doesn't know how much they spent then. Our clients have full clarity. What do they spend? And what is the fee that they pay us? 
And that's just made not just a lot of things easier for us, but it's just improved the transparency and, and the trust on the client side. Like they have clarity, they have absolute clarity on what's going on and what's going where and helps them make better decisions. Like we also had some clients come to us like, hey, we've talked to other agencies and they're like, oh yeah, you need to spend at, le- at least $5,000 a month or $10,000 a month to get proper results. And they're super surprised when we go like, no, let's like lower that number by a lot. Make sure that the basis goes well. And when we found something that works for you, where we can scale, you can always throw in more budget. What do you think the monthly ad spend or rather the monthly spend on an agency should be when you're starting out? So the ad spend that we usually require as a minimum is like around $1,500 to $2,000 a month. And the reason being for that is on the one hand, we can, we can use a couple of campaigns to test. And on the other hand, it shows that has a little bit of money that they're aware of that they can test. They're not in a $100 category and they're scared of losing $100. Right, right. They understand you need to test things and it could be in the beginning you lose a bit of money. Is there a profitability metric or is there some, do you do any sort of uh, client interview to understand their profit margin and their ability to actually invest in campaigns? Yeah, so... Quite, we have a few clients that come to us and say, Oh, I can spend like $40 on a lead max, or like, you know, $100 on, on acquiring a customer or less, whatever it is. It can widely vary. And others that don't know yet. And so, in the case where they don't know it yet, we go in and we test and we establish metrics cost per purchase, cost per lead. Like, there's so many different ways you can measure it, whatever fits to the company and the You mentioned metrics. I want to approach metrics from two angles. One, what should I then, if I'm spending $1,500, $2,000 a month, expect from ads? You know, what's the follow-on strategy? And then two, what metrics are important? How do I measure it? So what you can expect is A, traffic, and then insights. So traffic to your website from which you can gain valuable insights, which you can then take to optimize your ads again, as well as the whole lead, as well as the whole funnel on your website. That can bring up figuring out where people dropping off. You know, why why are they not filling out the contact form or why are they not purchasing the product? And sometimes it's as little as like we're seeing a lot of traffic comes on mobile, but if we look at the mobile performance of the website, it's you know on the bottom. Then of course we need to work on the mobile website because we see the ads are working, people clicking on it, but they're not converting. So yeah, just all kinds of different insights that help you grow your business. And metrics, click-through rate. Click-through rate in Google Ads is the most important one because that includes um, a lot of different quality elements in itself that Google uses to optimize the ads to determine your ad rank and different other elements. Mm -hmm. So we've got... So, so are there maybe a handful, three to five metrics that you focus on? Um, Obviously, click-through rate, you said CTR is the number one. Click-through rate and then really cost per lead then we would probably work with impression share. So how many of of the available impressions in in Google search, for example, are you actually getting? Uh, This is like market share. Pretty much, yeah. Just an online market share for whatever keywords, like the search terms you're advertising for. Okay, that makes sense to me. So one of the things that you mentioned, uh, when you said click-through rate, obviously we're talking about ads. I think when I hear click-through rate about email marketing, and you mentioned earlier that email marketing is, I mean, oftentimes it's just atrociously done. It's kind of still done uh, like uh, it, we'll call it so, so 2000. What advice might you have for, for us to help fine tune 
and improve newsletters or how email marketing is done. And I mean, if you can give specifics, like platforms that you think do work and platform people are still stuck on because they're free, maybe they look like monkeys. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, in terms of email marketing, you know, if you, if your business only sends out like really a newsletter every other week, because that works for you, for some companies that still works, mm -hmm. then, you know, maybe a platform like MailChimp is the best. Depends on the number of subscribers. If you want to get into automations and you're, more, you're getting more sophisticated, you would probably want to look into platforms like ActiveCampaign, um, mm -hmm. Drip. Yeah. And then there's other platforms that combine landing pages and so on. Are there tactical uh, things that people are doing that they should stop doing? I think it's less tactical, but more like a lot of people think, oh, I can just create a newsletter. Like the same with Google Ads. I can just sign up on, on a newsletter platform, create my own newsletters. But now that, again, so many people are doing it, the way you stand out is by your copywriting. Yeah. So hiring someone who's really good at that, unless you have the time to get into that yourself, really pays off. Any final thoughts from you around how to really maximize or leverage paid ads? And in particular, if you have any insights around the solar and clean tech space, I'd love for you to share them. There's different ways to do paid ads in terms of B2B and B2C. If you're B2B, you might want to look into LinkedIn as a platform for paid ads and really, really driving your presence. Eventually, Google Ads depends where along the line you are. Um, of, of the and you would recommend LinkedIn before, like invest in LinkedIn before you invest in Google Ads. It depends again on the marketing goal, but B two B it could be a very a, a more valuable source. Even if you want to do it, if you want to try it out, rather do it properly. Like invest in it well because it's probably almost the same as with the product or service that you are doing. You get what you pay for. Yeah, I've heard that if you kind of with LinkedIn, and I don't know the exact number, but if you're not prepared to spend X, don't bother. <laughs> yeah, LinkedIn requires you, I think, to spend at least $10 a day, which is still not much for a lot of people, but for some, it is already a lot. I would say LinkedIn game, um, plan with at least $30 a day, and you got at least a good first budget for, for one campaign. And then B2C, yeah. which falls in the category for the most part of, um, of a residential solar because you, you can probably work well with images. So make sure that your image quality is good and then have a mix of Google ads and Facebook ads, especially for, for remarketing purposes. Um, you can quicker use Facebook than Google because you need less cookies on the remarketing list. So have a mix of both and, and have a good solid search campaign on Google ads running. That can always help you. And on the side, I would say still do SEO. Right. It's always going to be relevant. So even if you want to do ads, do SEO. Is there a book or resource that you might recommend that you feel like should be in every listener's toolkit? I've been asked the same when, when I prepared my, the curriculum for my lecture at the university here. I just tell my students every time, no, because as probably as soon as you order it, as soon as the book is out, it's outdated around paid ads. Check out online resources, follow, you know, join LinkedIn groups, shameless self-promotion here. I, of course, have one about Google ads and see what people are saying there, blocks, they often have more, more updated information. Are there any sort of foundational principles or, or knowledge that you've leveraged to really scale your business um, along the lines of continual learning, right? I know that you're a lifelong learner. You're actually currently engaged in getting a, a, post, a postgraduate degree in psychology. Uh, so I'm wondering where folks should spend. It's more about like you, we all have one unlimited or one limited resource and it's time. So how, how do you best invest that? 
really closely look at what makes you happy and then unapologetically um, outsource the tasks that don't make you happy or apply the 80-20 rule. Is this something really a need for my business or am I just doing it just of being busy and I got into the habit of it? I could dig so much deeper on that one. Uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> it's, really it's, good. it's not an easy one. It's easily no. set, but it's a tough one. It's not. It's not. Do you feel like you've already with uh, with the 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 education you're receiving on around psychology, uh, which is fundamental to all marketing, uh, you've already been able to up level your business. I think what is what it has helped me is to articulate certain concepts in again a more understandable way because I'm already so deeply into the topic. Mm-hmm. Often it's hard for me to explain the basics, yeah. and so with like the research that I've access to, like to really tell people, look, there's clear numbers, like it's, we all know about the brain, how the person reacts, how he perceives stuff and so on. And so to add numbers to the game in the communication, it has been very powerful. That is really fundamentally true, right? The ability to point folks to underlying research and numbers supporting your argument. Mm-hmm. Parting thoughts. Is there any uh, habit or consistent practice that you employ that you feel is given the greatest leverage in your personal life? Meditation and sports, really taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. And so working out frequently and making sure I, I have the time for myself to gather my thoughts, try to be without thoughts a bit, um, yeah. visualize. Yeah, clear the cash. This has been extremely informative for me. I look forward to the responses that come from our, our Suncast tribe. How can people find you if they want to reach out? I know we're going to, uh, we're going to talk in, in a second about one way that, or a couple of ways we can do that, but are you on Twitter, LinkedIn? So I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn with um, Pamela Wagner. Simply put in my name and yep. you, you'll we'll find me. Show, that's for sure. And your yeah. website? So the website is PamelaWagner.marketing or AjalaDigital.com. Gotcha. Either ways, you'll, you'll find whatever we're up to whatever opportunities there are. Fantastic. And you mentioned earlier a class. I know that you have a several, several ways that you have provided online education uh, and following education for folks uh, as a way. I mean, it's part of your funnel to get folks into, into working with you. One of the ones that I wanted to direct folks to is funnelup.today. What can folks expect to learn if they check out funnelup.today? Sure. So... We a lot of questions we get in the beginning are are almost all the time the same. And so we have decided to kind of bust some myths, trying to help people figure out what I need before getting started with ads or what do we need to fix if my ads are not working well. So we've put this together in like a a low risk roadmap to to double your Google ads efficiency in 90 days or less, because there's really a lot of things you can do that are really measurable. You can say, if I do this, then my performance changes X, Y, Z. I'd love to invite you to co-host with me a webinar uh, where we can share some of the stuff from the from this class and give folks an opportunity to really ask you one-on-one questions. I find that a lot of folks that are listeners of the show, they have follow-up questions and they like to dig in. Uh, would that be something you're interested in? Yeah, let's do it. It would be super fun. Fantastic. So, if you uh, if that if that sounds like you and you want to learn more about how you can tap into the knowledge that Pamela shared today. Uh, join our mailing list, which you can do easily at mysuncast.com and keep your eyes out for that invitation. Uh, we will schedule that soon and hopefully help you separate the wheat from the shaft. This is a, it's a fundamental way to grow your company in, uh, in, the, current, in the current digital age. 
Well, Pamela Wagner has been joining us today from Austria. She heads Ajala Digital, a global marketing agency focused on Google and Facebook advertising and running a marketing agency that can help you, yes, you and me, grow our business and presence online. Pamela, really have enjoyed today's conversation. Look forward to hearing more uh, from you in days coming. Yes, thank you. Same here. It's been so much fun. Hey, all right, Warrior, that was so good. Now, if you'd like to check out some more of Pamela's work, she's offering a special training next week just for our audience. Wednesday, April 7th at 11 a.m. Pacific. You can register ahead of time by going to mysuncast.com and clicking on the Suncast Live registration link. I hope that you'll do that. You can also check out some of our past LinkedIn Lives. And I'd love to get your feedback. How do you like the live so far? What are you looking for when we do go live? And if you're looking for more training before Wednesday, maybe you got some time this weekend, then check out mysuncast.com slash funnel up. That's F-U-N-N-E-L-U-P. That's where you can learn more about Pamela's training on Google ads and extracting the highest ROI possible. That's mysuncast.com forward slash funnel up. Well, I don't know how you're faring through this global coronavirus pandemic, but I sure am missing seeing all of you in person at the wonderful events that have been canceled. From Solar Power Mexico to the North America Broadcasters Association show, it seems like every major event has quite logically postponed or canceled entirely. And I have a feeling that you, like me, have a hankering for a gathering with your fellow solar and clean economy warriors to talk shop and sharpen your minds during this time of isolation. So I've reached out to a few industry friends and we're going to host the first ever Suncast Virtual Summit. I am so excited about this. We're going to launch it on Earth Day and it is like kind of a big family reunion and a chance to catch up on the burning topics of the day with some of the brightest minds I've got access to. As I mentioned, we'll be kicking it off on Earth Day, April 22nd. And over three days, we'll have virtual networking, e-learning, and community building. If you're interested, you'll find a registration link on our website. The event will be free to attend thanks to some fabulous sponsors that are stepping in. And I hope that you will join us. I look forward to seeing you soon. If you'd like to participate in some way and I haven't had a chance to talk with you yet, please reach out to me directly and ask how you can be involved in the first ever Suncast Summit. Remember, you are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, Solar Warrior. Be kind to yourself and to others. Take heart, stay home, lean in, build your capacity, and we'll come out of this together stronger than ever.